Hey there, thanks for coming. Before we get started, just a few reminders. You can sign up for text alerts from me, Big Mama. You'll get insider text before anyone else with invitations to be a guest on the podcast. New episode releases, secret merch drops. Just text the word JOIN to 332-244-6262. Remember, you have to be at least 13 years old to join the text list. Have you already left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? No? What are you waiting for? Five-star reviews, especially with a comment, help the podcast to be found by other people. So do it now. Like, right now. Okay? Now. Hey, we're on the search for podcast guests. If you're a student, seventh grade or higher, who has ever seen, I don't know, some sus, moist behavior on Roblox or Discord, because, hey, who hasn't? Let us know. If we use your story in an episode, you'll get some merch. And don't worry, we'll never, ever, ever, ever use your real name or any other detail which might reveal your identity, because we're not idiots. You can either leave a voicemail at 332-244-6262 or email a voice memo to guests at bigmamashousepodcast.com. Thanks. This episode of Big Mama's House Podcast has been brought to you ad-free by our fans. If you would like to learn more about supporting this podcast and this topic, visit www.patreon.com forward slash Big Mama's House. Hi there. Welcome back to Big Mama's House. Today's topic is all about trying to engage in some level of halfway decent digital parenting while not losing our minds in this pandemic-centric environment. The question is, how do we manage technology and devices at this moment? We're all just trying to keep it together. The goal of this episode of the podcast is to share our digital parenting successes and failures with each other. However, rather than me just giving you my opinion, I wanted to get real input from real parents to get a sense of what we're each doing well and what we're each failing miserably at. And by the way, we're each failing miserably at some aspect of digital parenting. There isn't a parent out there, including me, who isn't failing somewhere. In the first interview, you'll hear from William, a father of four, about the impact of coronavirus and the stay-at-home order on digital parenting. The second interview is with Haley and Holly, a mom and daughter superhero duo from Long Island. Holly's a high school senior, and we'll be discussing the impact of school closings on students and the massive increase in tech use among kids. And for the last interview, I've made the questionable decision of inviting my two best friends from high school to talk about the impact of being stuck at home on us, the parents, you know, like human beings. I sincerely hope that by the end of this episode, we'll have a few new tech ideas to try at home, feel better about where we fall short, or just laugh a little and remember that we need to take care of ourselves as well. Enjoy. My next guest is William. William and I connected through the Facebook page, and he was very kind to offer to be in this interview. He's got four children, a fourth grader, a fifth grader, a seventh grader, and a ninth grader. So, William, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I think you pretty much covered it there. I've got four kids, <laughs> so that's my life. I, I actually ordinarily work remotely anyhow, so this stay-at-home order is not a radical departure from life in general for me. My wife works 
part-time, one or two days a week. Our audience doesn't have the benefit of being able to see you, but I can. Your office that you're working in, or is this it like is. a dining? Okay, so you have walls around your workspace is what I'm saying. Correct, yep. I've always worked from home and I'm in my home office, so I have doors. That doesn't stop people, by the way, from barging in and asking for stupid stuff all day long. Yeah. So actually, we just got a new puppy. And so they think it's great while they're home. I might be in a Zoom meeting and I might have either execs or customers in my Zoom meeting and I'll have a dog come flying through the room. Okay. which is a little disruptive. The one thing I'd say about this stay-at-home order that has been probably on the more refreshing side for us on a typical day, my freshman, he plays sports. He won't come home from practice until 5 p.m. And then we have dinner and then he goes to his club practice. My seventh grader, she's doing track. She gets home at five. We have dinner and then she's dancing from six to 8.30 at a dance studio. The younger boys as well are doing sports. So we don't really see each other lot at all and then now we're in this stay at home nobody's doing anything and we're spending a ton of time together and i i just think that it's bringing families back together i actually think that's one of the silver linings in this whole thing and i don't know what it is about a dog but i think a dog is kind of a common token <laughs> of a nuclear family right we never had one before well, it was right from before my this. perspective so cats are so much superior to dogs like it's not even <laughs> a close fight so you made a terrible mistake, um, but that's okay. I, I, I appreciate dogs, but they're far inferior uh, pet, pets and animals, just so, just so we're clear on that point. And by the way, I really appreciate the, the point of bringing people together. And it's almost like you get to know, it sounds stupid, but you get to know your children as people all over again, because there really isn't a lot of time spent. And no question, they make me crazy also. I mean, mine's 21 and 16, and I'm ready to throw them into the virus. Besides the constant, constant, never-ending request for meals, I don't know if this is happening in your house, but they expect meals. How's that working in your house with just the food, you know, the constant grazing and the food? We've been taking this serious from the beginning. So right out of the gates, we made a plan that we were only going to leave our house once every other week or once every 10 days. The food thing has been really interesting in multiple dimensions. So in the one dimension, there is grazing. There's a lot of grazing. And it took us a couple of weeks to figure it out, but eventually we just had to shut the kitchen. I mean, we literally closed the kitchen. The kitchen gets cleaned after a meal and then it's done. And it's been a good time for us to actually really reinforce because we hadn't been good about making our kids clean up despite the fact that we have four kind of crazy schedules with our kids, plus ours, we have very few nights where we miss a family dinner. It's almost always a family dinner together, right? And we, I would say during this time, and a lot of it has to do with my oldest, has just come around and said, hey, I'm going to... I'm going to help clean up. And when everyone else sees him clean up, boom, you got a lot of human resources and four people. But we do have to close the kitchen. The other part of the food that's been kind of interesting is it hasn't become a consistent thing, but every kid has made dinner for the family. And at at least once, but we've got some chefs in these kids. In terms of, of the tech side of it, what's been your biggest challenge? We talking during coronavirus or before? <laughs> because, I mean, I'll, I'll be Both honest with either. you. Yeah, as most parents, we've had, you know, aspirations to really, to really govern and control use of tech in our kids. And where I knew we were in trouble was the first time I saw you 
my oldest was in seventh grade. And you said, if you haven't had the talk with them, if they've had a device before third grade, it's too late. And we've been trying to unwind bad behaviors ever since that first night. You know, not for lack of effort, but we have not been successful. It's been a real struggle. And so in our house, you do get a cell phone, but you don't get it until seventh grade. And we don't permit Snapchat. We don't permit Instagram. We don't permit all the social media. But to be candid, my oldest is is really, really difficult. You know, we've put Life360 on his phone. Uh, we've put mm-hmm. all kinds of controls on his phone. And, you know, my wife and I are having a nice romantic dinner out at a restaurant. And, mm-hmm. you know, I get a notification on my phone that you've just turned off. We've tried every app. He can cover it's his hard. tracks really, really well. We tell him, that's not your phone. That is our phone. We pay for it. If you don't abide by the rules and, you know, he'll lose the phone. He's lost it for months. And I'm sitting here green over the fact I'm paying for this thing that I've got hidden. And so, yeah, I mean, how's tech been? I mean, before coronavirus, it's been really, really rough. It's, it's been really rough hearing footsteps at three in the morning because someone wants to go get on a game. Not only did we never get a dog until this year. We never had a gaming system until Christmas this year. We got an Xbox, and I don't know what's going on. We just probably decided we were going to try to be friends, which is the worst decision you could make with our kids as opposed to parents. Well, I mean, having an Xbox in and of itself is not, that's not the worst thing in the world. Don't beat yourself up because you bought an Xbox. I'd be more worried about the dog. But I think to your point, it's just giving you more to do, right? Well, we've noticed that our kids enjoy going over to the friends' houses that have games. And we don't have games. This would be a nice, like, I'd rather have my kid at my house than at your house. Every parent should want their kid in their house. And I want his friends in my house. It's kind of interesting. This coronavirus thing kicked in. Same kid, the oldest one, we've we've really kind of struggled with, uh, hey, your bedtime's 1030 yeah. or 11. Right. He feels like if I'm not bothering you, who cares if it's three in the morning and I'm playing Fortnite? And so it's just tough because in his mind, all of his friends' parents let them play Fortnite, but he doesn't realize like it's Joey at two and it's Billy at three and it's Tony at four and it's Bobby at five. It's not those kids all playing for four hours. So right. his perception is very inaccurate of reality. And so whether we let him play for an hour or we let him binge, and we don't let him binge, but we realize it. I would just love, I would love to crack the code and figure out how to put lockdown code on every device in the house, and the kids got to get the parental permission before they can actually get into the game. You know, in our house, what we do is we take your device. Like when we've had enough, we take it and we hide it. Going back to to the fifteen year old. I mean, all the stuff that you're saying about him is so um, typical because it's the lack of impulse control. It's the lack of um, really good critical thinking skills because they have a younger brain of not realizing it's yeah. not one friend paying for five hours. One of the things that we had to do when my son was that age, he's 21 now, he would play on his desktop 
and he would want to play till whatever hour. Again, if I'm not bothering you, I'm being quiet in my room. What do you care? I would say, well, you can play till midnight. And then I'd give him another half hour buffer in case the game hadn't finished yet because you can't pause a live multiplayer game. You know, that makes yeah. kids crazy. Can you pause it? Like, I can't pause it. So I'll give him an extra half hour buffer. And then I would just pull the power out of the router. Like, that's it. <laughs> It's actually a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's very low tech, but when you and your wife are headed to bed, pull the cord on the router. That's it. We're done. There's no more in the house. Yeah. And I mean, that just works beautifully because, you know, unless he's, he's doing something on his phone phone, what cell phone provider do you use? Verizon. Oh, that's great. Okay, so one of the things that he's not going to be able to crack on his phone is the Smart Family app. And, and I don't make any money from them for saying this, by the way. But the Smart Family app is something I use. And at X hour of the day, it just turns the phone into a brick. Mm-hmm. All you can do on the phone is call. You, you set up nighttime hours and you can put yourself and your wife and your in-laws and whatever as exceptions in case he has to call someone at three o'clock in the morning. But other than those stated exceptions, he can't do anything. And right on the phone, permanently, you could turn off Instagram. You can cherry pick what you want to turn off as well. Hmm. So it's a good, it's a good, it's another five bucks a month or something. It's well worth it. So we've gone through like 10 different apps so far. And he's figured out how to jailbreak all of them, which has been, as you can imagine, not a good conversation in our house. Of course, but I believe in the Verizon thing, especially if you lock down his access to the app store. So if you do both of those things together, then you have a good shot. If you are blocking access to the app store, he can't download stuff without your your passcode. That means nothing's getting installed or installed. And then you add the Verizon, just check it out. It might just help. The Fortnite thing is definitely, you know, you're not the only one. And, and I don't have a particular issue with the game itself. Mm. The biggest issue for me with Fortnite is that addiction piece, is that they yeah. just can't stop themselves. So, so clearly those have been your challenges. How are, are the kids doing live online school where they have to be on yep. at a certain hour? The way, the way our system is doing it here, you have a half hour with... Mrs. Smith and a half hour with Mrs. Jones and a half hour with Mrs. Williams. I don't think there's much more than that. My oldest, he has a couple of teachers who attempted to try to hold class. And so they'd get up and give a lecture and you have to log on and listen to the lecture and the whole nine yards. That lasted for a couple of weeks and that has subsided. But our school district has done a pretty good job. Now, in full disclosure, my wife does like 110% of the homeschooling, and I do almost zero. My wife turns on some kind of spot kind of music, real wow. real quiet, and wow. they they do their thing. And those guys are done with academics by, you know, 10, 30, 11 every single day. And then wow. she she does something with them every day, you know. So we, yeah, I, you're, I, you're pretty- lucky. I'm I'm married up and I know it. I'm married up. Here's another question. I just noticed that just this week, Netflix added an additional layer of parental controls that were not there before. 
So have you had any issue or thought, or am I just giving you some more work that you hadn't thought of before of what's in the queue? What are they watching kind of stuff? Because that's where I fail. Where I fail is I'm a huge binge watcher myself. So have you had issues with whether or not Netflix in particular, Hulu, the content that they're streaming without you necessarily knowing what it is? Yeah, we are definitely failing the grade in that category. We as adults, don't really watch any TV at all. I mean, actually, we watch a little bit of the news, but actually, we don't even watch the news. My wife found a show she's trying to like, and she, you know, she doesn't watch it until like 11 o'clock at night. Um, Wait, I have to know which show. I have to know which show. Okay. I think it's This Is Us. Oh, This Is Us. That's a great show. I think so. So we don't binge watch anything. We do have HBO and all that stuff, but we almost never watch it. I'm failing because I don't know what they're watching. I don't look at the queue. But whenever I have seen the queue, I haven't seen like Porky's or anything totally inappropriate, you know. I love that I, you that's know. your example of inappropriate, by the way. I love that. That says more about you than anything else you've said so far, <laughs> that Porky's is your example. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's one of the problems, too, with the whole you know, the stay-at-home order is that you are limited. You can't watch Game of Thrones becomes uncomfortable as the kids get older, things you're going to watch with them and not watch with them. For moms and dads who want to watch, you have to wait to some yeah. ungodly hour to be able to watch the thing that you want to watch, which right. becomes a, a bit of a clash. Okay, so what do you wish that your kids in particular, but kids in general, understood about this moment in time in terms of the quarantine or tech, whatever that means to you, if you could impart well, one piece of wisdom? My answer to that question would be that despite the fact that you can't trust anything you're hearing in the news, that this is probably actually a very serious situation in that it's kind of once a century. For me, I hope our kids just understand life is precious, that we live in a community, and everybody has to play their part. And where we live, man, I got people next to us are having parties all the time. People behind us are having parties. And we haven't really interacted with anybody. We send one person to the grocery store once every 10 days. We wipe everything down. We don't wear those shoes inside the house. You know, we're taking it very, very seriously. I don't think everybody's taking it as seriously. You know, a lot of people are. But as as it pertains to tech, this time has probably untangled some of the problems that we've created around tech because we're just not sick of each other. We're having great times together and bonds are tightening. The one thing I would hope for all kids is going to what you said, that their emotional maturity, that's the hardest part as a parent. When your kid has no idea what they're dealing with when they're on social media, they're in a big group and there's a lot of people and there's stuff flying around that shouldn't be flying around. We've tried really hard to stay on top of it as parents, but as a family, we have not been perfect. And I sit and think if you could just understand, it's really bad news. Why would you want to be a part of that? That emotional maturity, you said it starts to hit in when they're 25 years old. Oh my God, you know. When my son was 16 and again, he's 21 now. And I'm not trying to make you depressed, but it really started to turn the corner at 20. And now it's just gotten so much better in terms of impulse control and the willingness to listen. It really is just a neurological maturity thing. So we've got a couple of years, a couple of years to go. (laughs) They're doing all the right things. 
I, I just, I hope we stay out of jail. That's all I can say. You know, that's it. Low bar, a low bar. That's all we need. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else that you wish people knew? I asked you for a contract like a, a couple months ago, which is kind of what got us talking. I have not given the contract. We haven't signed the contract yet because unfortunately somebody has been grounded for almost the entire time since you gave it to me. So hasn't been an issue. The only parental advice I could give that would be reinforcing of what you said, I mean, because you cover everything, is I would have maybe not gotten an iPhone for my kid, for starters, I'd have gotten them a flip phone, and then I'd allowed them to graduate into an iPhone, and I would have forced them to sign a contract. We did not do a contract with the oldest one. We didn't have to do a contract with a 13 year old emotional policing right right yeah right. so that'd be i think key advice because when you have bad habits begin on a phone it, it transfers over to a computer or an ipad very very quickly and i, I think it's serious business i i have to admit the first time i went to watch you i wasn't really excited about going i you know i kind of like yeah. it was you do a very good job it was it was filled with legitimate data, legitimate information, and kind of scared me straight, I guess, is, is, is the intent of what you're doing, and it did it. Unfortunately, I don't feel great about my parenting because I'm not winning, but my awareness is way, way up because of you. So we've done a lot more homework. We talked to a lot of other parents about it. So I think that's really important that you just make sure because you're setting the foundation. Like you said, at third grade, if they've already been on social media, you host. And so, you know, it's just young parents don't use it as a, as a mechanism to um, parent your kid or, or give yourself time. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of bad that can come from the devices. Right. And a lot of parents think, well, we'll have that conversation when the kids are pubescent because that's when stuff's mm -hmm. going to go wrong. And they're not understanding that it's happening as soon as the device gets there, not when the kid, you know, starts going through puberty. I appreciate your your kind feedback. And it does mean a lot to me to hear that it made an impact. Want to tell you and lots of other parents who feel just like you that we're all screwing it up. We're all screwing it up, right? My, my catchphrase besides don't send a picture of your junk to 40 people is that parenting is hard and you need to be kind to yourself. This whole process is ridiculously difficult. So just be kind to yourself because just the fact that you've done everything you've done puts you light years ahead of lots of other parents who don't even know what's going on. From my perspective, you guys are killing it because you're on top of it. I mean, I mean it. I mean that. So just keep doing what you're doing. Well, you, you can interview my wife to find out how bad we're not killing it. <laughs> she deals with a lot of hands-on because I'm gone a lot of the time. So she sees right. more of it, but I, I appreciate it. And I think it's a, a pretty good statement from your perspective that everybody's failing. It's just a matter of, you know, how bad wow. are you failing? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And don't forget, just yank the cord out of the modem. It's brilliant. I actually think that you know? that's a great idea because it's non-confrontational. You can just, you can just right. kill the Wi-Fi. And, and it's not like you guys are up watching Netflix because you said you don't really do that. So it's not going to impact no. you. Well, all those radical, those radical <laughs> guerrilla tactics. All That's right. Great. Well, William, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. And please send my regards to your wife who deserves some kind of gift for doing everything she does. And uh, if you need me, you know, you can always find me on the Facebook page. Cool. Thank you very much. We appreciate what you thank do. Thank you.
Yep. Bye bye. I would like to welcome the mother-daughter uh, duo, Holly and Haley. Not their real names, although it would be awesome if it was. I love those two names together. It's very alliterative. For those of you who don't know what alliterative means, read a book. Okay, <laughs> so here we are. I can see these two lovely ladies. You guys can't see them. Holly's hiding the condition of her bedroom from me. Apparently, it's a little messy. All I can see is the beautiful <laughs> ceiling, though, so it looks good to me. So, uh, Haley, can you just introduce yourself? Sure. My name's Haley. I live on Long Island. I'm a mom of two, and I work part-time at an elementary school. I do lunch and recess. Uh, right now, I'm not working, obviously, like half of the world. So your Holly, who's on with us, is a high mm-hmm. school senior, and your yep. other child is what grade? He's working. He actually graduated last year from college, and oh, he moved to Michigan. He's actually home for now, working from home. So he's home with you? Yes, for now. Okay. Only okay. for another week or so. Okay. All right. So you're, you're only feeding him for just a little while longer. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they eat They eat like it's their job. Like that's become yeah. the job is eating. <laughs> All right, Holly, how about you? Uh, hi, I'm Holly. I'm a high school senior and I live on Long Island, obviously. And right now I'm just staying home trying to figure out what to do during these times, you know? Yeah. I know it's particularly hard for the high school seniors and my, you know, my heart goes out to you guys because all of the <laughs> stuff you were supposed to do around graduation is sort of blown up. What is your school doing to address that? Like, what's the plan? Right now, we haven't even, yeah, we haven't even spoken about prom or even opening up again. I feel they're kind of just waiting to hear. As of right now, it's we're under the state home order until May 15th. So that's the earliest we could even go back to school. But besides that, literally no mention of prom, no mention of graduation, nothing. That just sucks. Yeah. All those plans are shot. And the school hasn't given you any indication Mm-mm. of what may happen. Not yet. Okay. So how are you guys dealing with it? Like, how are you? As far as school goes? No, like Holly as a human being. Like, how are uh, you dealing with it? It's sad. She's sleeping. <laughs> she's sleeping. Depression. Depression. Right. I have a 16-year-old who goes crushing depression. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. Crushing depression. But it's true. I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. Yeah. Like, so what do you do, Kate? What do you do, Holly? You get up, you eat, <laughs> you watch TV, you go on Zoom with your friend, and then some you do some schoolwork. Right. You do schoolwork a lot. Yeah. So what I do is travel all over the country and I do these internet safety seminars. And last year I spoke to like 70,000 students and I get a ton of data from the kids all anonymously. And a lot of that data reflects a lot of what you guys already know, that there's a ton of sexting and um, kids are consuming content at extremely young ages that they shouldn't be in terms of the reality of what's going on. And I believe that, Holly, your generation of kids is under more pressure than any generation ever in history. I see you nodding. Yeah. (laughs) It's way worse now, regardless of what kind of area you live in or school you go to, because I feel and see that kids have way more that and academic pressure, social pressure, sexual pressure, athletic, what are you good at pressure? You have to be good at something that becomes who you are. So you become the soccer kid or the whatever. I mean, there's just so much more pressure than there was when, when Haley, you and I were kids. So, but, but Holly, all kidding aside, seriously, have you had the, the frank discussions with your friends? Because I, 
it seems like people either overshare or say nothing, right? You know what I mean? Oh, I totally get that. So um, what have the conversations been? I talk about this with my friends literally all the time. Like it's a constant, really? it's a constant discussion. I feel like my two closest friends, they're on both sides of the spectrum. One of them is freaking out about everything. And then the other one is always trying to stay calm and smooth everything over. And I'm kind of in the middle. I'll go on both sides. I'll be agreeing with one friend, but also agreeing with the other. And I'll just be like, we have to look at the bright side of things, definitely. This is for our safety above all. And, you know, it's terrible and everything. But if it keeps others safe, you have to do what you got to do. I'm so proud. (laughs) See? She does listen to you, mother. She does listen to you. But there are moments where that's hard to swallow. Like there are moments when you think about this is the prom dress I was going to wear. To be honest, I think she's still in a bit of denial. Yeah, I guess definitely. until they actually say the words, yeah. it's still a chance. They may say, we'll have it in July or we'll have exactly. it before everybody goes away to school. You know, well, we'll- believe me, that's going to be a suggestion when it does come down the pike. I will be contacting the school. They have you, to do something. You won't be the first. You won't be the no. only one, I'm Mm-mm. sure. The one thing I wanted to just say and get your input on, Holly, this is how I see it as an adult. Your mom and I have been through 9-11 and your grandparents went through the flu epidemic. You go through these things, these these sort of milestone things. I remember being in a sophomore in high school when the Challenger exploded. Haley, do you remember that? Right. And so you remember the big moments in your life. And so yes, this is horrible and my heart goes out to you guys. And at the same time, you're all in it together right? This is something that your entire generation of friends is going Mm -hmm. through together. Yeah. Now I have a question for you, Holly, specifically about social media, because I have a hate, hate, hate relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I could go into a lot of why, what those reasons are. It doesn't matter, but it, it just seems like social media was supposed to be the thing that allowed us to get closer together and allowed us to communicate and allowed us to blah, blah, blah. And then it was a lot of all frosting and no cake and onslaught of drivel. But if social media were solving the problem of isolation, we've got social media coming out of our eyeballs and we still feel isolated. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So what's your perspective on that? Tell me what you think about that. I think I have like a lot of platforms of social media. So, you know, I am obviously a very big user, but I don't think anything can replace human connection face to face, you know, and that's what we're not getting right now with those friends that we can talk to all day. I can tell you being on stuff like Zoom or I use house party. It's just not the same as like hanging out like in my basement with my two best friends, you know, and I think it could be very hard for people that are facing mental problems to be so isolated and not have at least those six hours a day at school where you see teachers and the friends that you do have. So I think it's very hard. Right. And, and even though if you're on zoom, you're still seeing people face to face though. Yeah. So what's the distinction? And I agree with what you're saying. I agree with where you're headed. I just want to hear how you feel about that. Like we're still looking at each other face to face. So what's the difference? Through a screen, it's just not the same. It's so hard to describe. I'm seeing you right now, but we're not in the same room. It's so, so different, you know? Right. We're just, it feels, we're so connected, but so separated at the same time. Even when I'm in person with my friends, sometimes the three of us will be just sitting on our phones And I'll look around and I'll be like, this isn't right. But then I'll go right back to looking at my phone too, you know, like kind of hypocritical there. 
but yeah, well, no, we're all complicit, yeah. right? We're all part of the same thing. I mean, I appreciate you throwing yourself under the bus, but I think we're all <laughs> complicit in this. Mm-hmm. So Haley, what's your perspective? I agree. I mean, to be honest, I'm just happy that I'm in the house with other people besides right. just my husband. No, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's helpful that you have a family of four and, you know, we try to go out for a walk every day at least to get out of the house and get some fresh air. But, you know, it's just sad. Like even at the school that I work at, I work with a lot of kids. I miss them. Right. And they miss you. you no, know, it's just guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping too that something's going to change dramatically and we're all going to be able to go back, but I don't know. And there's a lot of things that aren't the same after 9-11, right? But I would hope that some things improve because we felt the social isolation. So let's put our phones down and not do that. When we're together, we have this chance to now be in each other's presence. Yeah. So Haley, are you doing anything in order to limit Holly's, and Holly, I can see your face. (laughs) Yeah. So are you, Haley, what are you doing that's working and what are you failing at miserably? And before you say that, I will give you what I'm failing at miserably. So we're in good company. I fail miserably at not binge watching stuff. Like the binge watching oh. benchmark, Holly, guess how many episodes you have to watch for it to be considered binge watching? Mm, 10. Okay, that was my guess. Do you know what the number is? It's three. So Haley, what's going on in your house that's going really well in terms of tech and really badly? You know what? It, to me, it, it is what it is. I'm not monitoring her tech. The most that I'm asking for is do your schoolwork. Sure. As she knows, the other day I got an email stating that she missed a class. So that was a bit of an issue. And trying to get her out of bed before one. Yes. You know, we start waking her up early and it's just that that's, I think I'm failing a little bit. I told her if they do decide to open the school, she is going to be exhausted for because she's up all yeah. night. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. here's a couple of tips and I'm telling you these because I know you guys have not seen any of my presentations and Holly, I haven't been at your school. If you use a device less than an hour before bed, the lightweight out of the screen, scramble your circadian rhythms in your brain and don't allow you to fall asleep. Right. So mm-hmm. if the last thing you do before you go to bed is do this, you're not going to fall asleep on top of the fact that it's probably two in the morning. So if that's the case, the biggest gift you can give yourself is turn off all your notifications on your phone, put it into do not disturb at X hour and, and, and just shut it down because it's bad for your brain. It's literally neurologically bad for your brain. And if you don't get enough quantity and quality of sleep, you become cuckoo person, which is a a technical term. (laughs) So Holly, you said earlier house party. Mm -hmm. Why do you not just use FaceTime? Explain why house party, why not FaceTime? Um, FaceTime you can obviously only do on iPhones, and I have a few friends right. who have Androids. So house party is just a, like a communal app that everybody could get. Okay. The reason I'm asking about house party is that part of the work that I do, I end up working with victims of sexual predation and the moist guy in the basement and the whole thing. House party is an app where any second degree connection can enter any party and invite other people. I'm just saying I prefer you use Zoom or something else for the Mm -hmm. multiple heads up thing. Holly, you said you're a big user. Mm -hmm. So what's your favorite thing about using social media? And not just now because of coronavirus in general. And what's your biggest pet peeve? 
my favorite thing, probably just being able to kind of express who I am, take a nice picture of myself and be able to be like, oh, people can see this if right. I'm not somewhere where everyone in my school is going to see me. Sure. And then- and, 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 why, and why is that? Why do you like that? And I'm not being funny or sarcastic. I'm mm-hmm. asking like legitimately, why, why do you like that? Deep down, everybody just uh, likes compliments, honestly. You know, everyone okay, wants to feel fair. good about themselves. <laughs> And that's a and that's a route to get there. That's a route for mm-hmm. you to hear from people. You look really pretty today, or mm-hmm. I like that dress, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what's your biggest pet peeve? That is a really good question. My biggest pet peeve probably just judging people based on like how many followers or likes they get. I would say. Right. And so you find that friends pay more attention to people. Is that what you mean? That have more followers, or those people become more important in some yeah. measure? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people in school would be like, oh, this person has 1,400 followers and this girl only has like 300, as if that really matters. Do you see a connection, again, not being funny, do you see a connection between what you liked about social media feeding the exact thing that you hate about social media? Honestly, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, because the very, I want, I want to feel good about myself, mm-hmm. so I'm going to post these pictures, drives up numbers right? That may not be your desire in posting that picture, but if it drives up numbers, which makes me more important or in whatever measure that is, or I seem to be more important, then that's how we get down the rabbit hole of the things that get the most attention is not a picture of you baking cookies unless you're doing it in the hoochie skirt, which (laughs) probably would get a ton of attention. So I see those two things as being very much connected, but I appreciate you being honest in that everyone does want uh compliments well, I, what about you miss haley what do, what do you think the same as far as you know i have x many likes or x many followers it doesn't make you who you are that's you know and i see in holly like a lot of the things she posts i don't know whether you meant this or not holly was you want to show more of your actual friends your outfits and where you are right. or whatever as opposed to the world of instagram or Whatever. I don't know. She didn't say that. Will you take compliments from just anybody, Holly? Would um, you appreciate them just as much? Forget the safety part. Would you appreciate the compliment just as much regardless <laughs> of where it comes from? Probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but do you post? Wait, here's a question. Do you post for the people that you really hardly know? Or do you post it more for the people you know? Or does it not matter? There's a friend of yours saying, I like that dress matter more to you than just a like from a random stranger i'd say it's 50 50. that's fair yeah okay so holly there's something that you wish parents in general knew about what what really happens in social media with kids the good the bad and the ugly if you there was something you wish parents knew about it not only with you but social media with your parents i meet a lot of kids who are like Yeah. Mom, how about you put your phone down? How how about we start there? Right. Was there anything, Holly, that you wish parents knew just in general? I would definitely say that they don't 100% know what every kid is going through. And they're not, they don't understand that social media does create peer pressure. And I wish they did understand that a little bit more. I see pictures of people doing things that I don't do. And I usually don't fall into peer pressure myself, but a lot of other people do. You know, and it's, it's an issue. Can you be more specific? Are you talking like they're taking pictures of themselves vaping or drinking? Yeah. Or whatever? Yeah. Okay. 
And then what reactions are those kids getting from other people? Like they, they're taking a video, whatever, of themselves vaping. What's the reaction? What do you see happen? Yeah. Some people might be like, oh, this person's doing it. So I feel like I have to do it if I want to fit in. Right. It sounds sort of like just another way that you can feel peer pressure in addition to other yeah. things, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So do you think it's worth parents checking what their kids are doing? If, if you're the mom and you know this is happening, what do you think could help? Is it just a conversation? Is it your parents mm -hmm. checking? Not that you want your mom to do this right now. I'm saying, what do you think would solve the problem? <laughs> I do it anyway. I yeah. do it anyway. No, I that's figured. the thing. <laughs> like... I'd probably start with some kind of conversation because nobody likes when their parent takes their phone and goes through their stuff. I can speak from experience. Uh -huh. And it's just, it's going to make them want to hide things way more than they would in, sure. to begin with. So, right. yeah, yeah, but tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. I come to you. Oh, are you vaping? And you're vaping. You're not going to say, yes, mom, I'm vaping. Right. Are you? No. But when I grab your phone and I go through random texts, Oh, okay. I saw okay. you vaping. Okay, well, <laughs> I guess we could trace that back to like just bringing up a child, right? True. But you know what? A lot of parents bring their children up properly. Wait, Holly, I love that answer. Holly's answer was... Yeah, parenting. How about parenting? Can we, can we say parenting? <laughs> yes, I agree 100%. And your mom's 100% correct that, yes, but mm -hmm. it isn't always parents who literally don't want to know. Like, there are parents who definitely don't want to know and going, la, 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 la. You know, they just don't want to yeah. know. But there are parents who just are unaware, like, just as people. And then once you are aware and the kid's 14, that horse is way out of the barn. Like you're not yeah. fixing that communication relationship. Yeah. So we're left with part snooping, you know, part mm -hmm. conversation. It's just hard. And I think it also goes kid to kid. Like Haley, how you communicate with Holly may be different than how you communicated with your other child, right? And you know what it all, I think has a lot to do with also your friends. If you're hanging out with a group of good kids, not that these kids that are getting into trouble are necessarily bad, but you know, it tend, you tend to rub off on one another. Yeah. So uh, we've been lucky with, I've been lucky with both of my kids growing up. They were always surrounded by kids that were raised similarly. Shall sure. I say? Sure. I mean? Right. But that's also parenting that didn't happen by accident. Oh, and by the way, no, I, I raised my son and my daughter. They'll claim that, Oh, this one, that, no, nah, they were raised the same way. Wait, Holly, go ahead. Wait, say, wait, 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 Holly wants to say something. Go ahead. Completely <laughs> different. Not really the mean? same. Ugh. That's such a lie. <laughs> I feel like, okay, I guess raised similar, but the rules are different. There is 100% a double standard, and you can't tell me otherwise. And so your older sibling's a boy, so you're yeah. saying mm -hmm. that there was a difference between the girl thing and the boy thing? Yes, for okay. sure. But that's everybody, you know? It's hard to find. Okay. The only way I will agree with the double standard is when my son went away to college, I had no problem with that. When she was thinking about going away or whatever, I was kind of in the back of my head hoping she stayed home because I just felt more comfortable him being a boy going Safety away. wise. Safety yeah. wise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I am 100% card carrying feminist. When I had my kids, I thought there's going to be no difference. I have a girl and a boy. My boy's older as well. There's going to be no difference. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Here's where I am today. Where I am today, this is going to be something you're going to repeat to friends forever. You ready? When a guy goes to a bar 
his biggest fear is in getting embarrassed or shot down by a girl when he goes up to the girl. And my heart goes out to boys, by the way, because it's very hard to be a guy right now, um, just mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. So that's difficult for boys. Okay, so the biggest fear for them is that girl's going to make me look like an ass because she's going to tell me, you know, to take a hike, whatever. When a girl goes to a bar, her biggest fear is being murdered. Yep. Guys don't think, I'm going to walk to my car. I'd better put the keys between my fingers. You know, guys <laughs> yeah. don't have to think about that. They don't have to think in those terms. So I'm with your mom 100%, which is why I've tried to raise my daughter as an aggressive, hostile jerk. <laughs> any last things or any, Holly, any advice you have, and not that by giving advice, you have your life altogether. None of us do. <laughs> but any advice that you might have for other high school seniors when they're having a really bad, this sucks, life sucks moment, anything you could say to them that you think would help? Honestly, I think one of the biggest things that's helping me get through this is just remembering that, like you said, we're all in this together. Because typically, when something bad happens to you, you feel like this is how is this happening to me? Like, what did I do to deserve this? And like, you're alone. But when there's literally so many people across the country going through this too, they're losing things like you are. It's comforting to know that like the universe isn't out to just like get you, you know? Right. So the universe is out to get everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not alone mm-hmm. in your victimization. Yeah. And and Haley, oh what advice would you give? parents oh you know what try to be a little understanding the kids are probably gonna start to get in in bad moods as soon as this comes out where you know we're closed down uh, I'm expecting a little bit of an attitude you just got to try to you know understand that they are even though in the big picture it's small it's huge to them so try to be a little understanding and I'm gonna try to do my best to, to help like I said I'll be in contact with the school and see what we can do about it and you know just stay close to the kids here's my here's my contribution to that for for parents and for kids as well we're never in the same physical place all day all day all day all day all day with other people there's no privacy right so anything that you do to self-soothe, thumb-sucking, eating, you know, thin mints, whatever it is that you do is under a microscope. So my suggestion for kids, kids like you, Holly, give your parents a break. Your life is (laughs) sucking just as much. Everybody thinks parents are supposed to have the answer. Dude, they have no idea. They have no idea. We're all just trying to figure it out. So be kind to your parents. And for my thing for parents that I always say, and Haley, you know, besides don't send a picture of your junk to 40 people, (laughs) is parenting is hard. Be kind to yourself. Like just be kind to yourself because this just stinks. Mm -hmm. And I do think that when we're all in together, it it makes it better. So any last things either of you want to say? Just hang in there to everybody. It's hopefully we'll get through it and life will go back to some kind of normal. And if you are feeling lonely, reach out, pick up a phone. If you don't have internet, you don't have zoom, you could still talk. Oh, there are older people that don't have, you know, access. Right. And if you have older people in your life, reach out to them too. Right. How about you, Holly? Yeah. Oh wait, rather than last piece of advice, 
What are you binge watching right now? That's oh, a better question. Okay. I'm watching The Vampire Diaries for like the seventh okay. time. It's my favorite show. Excellent. And we and are watching Gilmore Girls together. Okay. Well, you guys, I so appreciate you being on. Holly, you are absolutely adorable. Thank you. Um, thank, thank you. you. Stay safe. Bye. 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 Did you ever decide to do something which sounded like a good idea at the time, like bungee jumping, and then the moment arrives and you question your sanity? Well, I decided to invite my childhood best friends onto the podcast so that we might reveal our own deep inadequacies as parents. Plus, here I am giving you guys tech and digital parenting advice, and I figured some of you might be wondering how successful I am at home with my own kids. So I'll share my dirty little secrets first. It's only fair, right? I'm addicted to watching and re-watching Marie Kondo's Netflix series called Tidying Up, which is arguably the undirtiest of all the dirty secrets. But for those of you who have actual lives and have no idea what I'm talking about, well done. Marie Kondo is a teeny tiny little Japanese woman who has created a brand around her concepts of, well, tidying up and reorganizing closets, folding socks with zeal, and using loads of plastic bins. Does it sound painful? It is a little bit, but once I watched the first episode, I was hooked. It's been one of the few self-helpy things I've ever implemented in my life in a permanent way. It's actually stuck, which really is incredibly remarkable. But Kondo doesn't just help you reorganize and purge all of the material crap in your life. She also brings some awareness to the emotional connection to all of that said crap. And yes, it gets a little woo-woo and spiritual, but I do think there's some value there. And look, you'll have to watch it for yourself and decide. As for me, all I can say is I can now find or put away any single item of clothing in seconds. And if that isn't worth a little bit of woo-woo, I don't know what is. I love Marie Kondo. I, I do. But there's something a little creepy about her. First of all, she's so tiny that she has to wear children's clothing. That That's true. She mentions it all the time when she like can't reach the bar in a closet to put up a hanger. It's like she's not real. It's like she's actually a super cute, tiny, lifelike, robotic, organizing automaton. I mean, I'm pretty sure she poops gummy bears and color codes her tampons, which... Actually, that sounds like an actually good idea. Anyway, thinking about Marie Kondo brings me to one of my recurring life thoughts. I'm constantly curious about the real lives of people who give advice, like what their actual lives look like. I wonder if the semi-comatose, overly chill life guru, don't sweat the small stuff guy, has ever thrown a meditation bowl at his wife's head. Or if the vegan, cruelty-free, tofu-eating, whole foods-buying, Lululemon-wearing, namaste yoga teacher ever hides in her pantry at 3 a.m., shoving an entire sleeve of Thin Mints into her skull hole. This is just the stuff I think about. You? No? You guys don't... Okay, so maybe you don't think about it. So to have this conversation in real life with my two best friends from high school... I'm calling them Phoebe, yes, after the character on Friends. And the other one's name is Clarice, for reasons we cannot discuss publicly. And it must be said, Clarice. So quick intro on these two. Uh, Phoebe lives on the East Coast and has uh, one daughter in college and one in high school. Clarice also lives on the East Coast, but she lives in a shoe with a litter of children. 
and the last usable shreds of what used to be her fallopian tubes. So she's got one daughter who's a high school senior, one daughter who's in middle school, twins in the sixth grade, and a toddler. Wait, Clarice, have you had any additional children since we, since we spoke last Tuesday? <laughs> Uh, no, I had him fixed. Okay. So Phoebe, say hi and say something about yourself or... Okay. Hi. Um, struggling here at home with the little bit of children I have, but so good to see you guys and talk to you guys. Clarice. Okay. We have a zoo uh, that includes several animals plus the kids and the joyous parents. So it's like on a small boot camp every day. And I just, at some point, need to actually escape and go drive in my car. And I do that several days a week by myself. So I give people advice, obviously, on all of this stuff. And where I fail constantly is in my own binge watching. Do you know what the benchmark for binge watching is? Take a guess how many episodes means binge watching. Five in a row. I'd say two to three even. Okay, see, you got the right answer. Binge watching is considered three. I watched five of um, All-American last night. I, I watched all three of All-American with my 14-year-old and then went into the other room and watched two of Ozark with my husband. Okay. I have a hard time just watching a few, even with my husband. Maybe I just have less self-control than other people, but I could easily sit and watch 10 episodes of whatever is straight. I've never been good about cooking for my own family. Most of the time, it's my husband who does it, because if he didn't, I don't think any of us would eat. But Phoebe, do you find that they expect meals three times a day? Yes. Well, no, when, when my college freshman went away, I trained the other two with dirty looks and closed kitchens, and they started to fend for themselves. Then you have this person who comes back from college and is used to eating crappy food, and the only thing she has to live for right now is for being home is meals, and she demands, demands oh. the meals to the point, I got two texts this morning with recipe ideas of what she wants to do with the salmon this evening that she picked out yesterday. What? Avenel has gotten to the point where they actually have to, to log in because the school has live classes, but there's only six kids in a class. Today, she's on in her bedroom, and I'm like, who are you cursing at? And she's like, no, 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 I'm on mute. I'm just pissed off. She goes, now I need a snack because I'm so mad. And she got up, went downstairs. I'm like, you couldn't do this at school. You need to operate like you're in school. Have you noticed this, though, that I'm eating in closets or in bathrooms? The minute I take anything that is not remotely a meal or healthy for me and try to put it in my mouth, I have two people in here that are saying, do you really want to eat that? What are you doing? It's not lunchtime yet. <gasps> I am grabbing mini chocolate-covered Oreos and running into the bathroom and rinsing my mouth out so they can't smell it on me. Let's go get go to the car, go for a drive. What wait, 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 wait. <laughs> go for a drive. Who wait, time out. Why are the why should they tell you what to eat? How are you wait? How are you not beating these people? How, where do they get the stones? to tell you what to eat and not eat. How are you not throwing elbows? I might have said in the beginning of all this that it's a good uh -oh, opportunity. Uh -oh. Oh, well, yeah, we. But, but they seem to have no problem doing it. But for goodness sake, eat the Oreo and breathe it on them. I mean, honestly.
did not even realize I was doing it until just recently that I was literally quietly opening the cabinet, grabbing a handful of chips and running into the other room when I heard somebody coming. I mean, it's been that bad. You bring up something that I hadn't thought about until just now. This is so this is so educational because I hadn't considered the fact that we're all under a microscope with each other. Yes. Like any crappy habits that you did when you weren't around other people are now laid bare. Like you can't pick your nose. You can't scratch a butt cheek. You can't do anything really unless you're hiding while you do. There's nothing else to do except look at each other and and kind of think about each other. So, I mean, when I put... Oh, God, you're depressing me. Oh, when I put, an, <laughs> I put an outfit on and I come out and right away I get... Well, that's not bad. That's so I'm dressing for the people in my house too. Yeah, my troop has not put on human clothes. I made I made them made them get dressed for Easter because I was sick of sweatpants, sports bras, tank tops, leggings. Thing bad doesn't bother me mostly because I'm doing it, and that's another interesting thing that different things bother different people in the house. That's another thing you have to deal with, right? Because Clarice, the clothing may bother you, but it may not bother your husband. Or for you, Phoebe, like the type of food is bothering someone else. So you have to deal with all of this when people had the time to get away from each other during the day. So it's just, it just feels like every house is going to erupt at some point. Someone's going to die. <laughs> well, I found something that makes me feel better. I, I make really fattening things. Every day I make one thing and then I bike around and hand it out to whoever will, will take it. Yeah. I, yesterday was chocolate biscottis. Today is peanut Are you butter serious? cookies. Yeah. Every day there's a different, I've done black and whites. I've done uh, macaroons. I've done... Oh, yeah. So I just want I want the audience to understand because they can't see you guys uh, or me for that matter. Phoebe, who's hiding in closets, eating Oreo cookies by her description of herself, you would think we'd have to transport her in a wheelbarrow. She's not in any way, shape or form have any sort of a weight issue. It's just that she lives with crazy people who like eat bean sprouts and carrots and bark. And so that's why she's hiding her Oreo problem. But she's not heavy at all. There's no reason for her to be hiding behind furniture to have her snacks. When I think of making myself feel better, it's generally Patron and Jason Momoa. I don't know what you people are doing with your black and white cookies. Like those must be amazing black and white cookies. I don't know. I'm not trying them. I'll keep open mind. Okay, so one of my questions is what, if anything, are you guys doing about, and not that you should be, but is there anything that you have found that has worked in terms of restriction? And I'll start by saying what I do badly, because I think sometimes people see what I say and assume that I have a perfect household. I absolutely do not. What I do badly is remembering to do stuff. I have a terrible memory. It'll never work for me to think, oh, at 10 o'clock PM, I'll take their phones away. Right? That's not going to work for me because I'll just forget and I'll be distracted by some shiny object and that'll be it. I have to install stuff on devices that basically makes the device a brick at a magic hour, right? So that I've done well, that that's worked out well. I don't police the binge watching well because I do it myself, I guess. And so I don't pay attention to that. So have you guys done anything specific restriction that's worked well or what have you tried that hasn't worked well? So Phoebe, you start. My 18 year old is 
in studio classes, which means she's online with two 15-minute breaks from 9 a.m. until 6 p.m. She gets off. And so when she doesn't have to be in classes, she usually, I'm finding her phone is down. Right. The only time she grabs the phone is when we're watching a movie, I find, or a TV or something, together. I find that people can't do that anymore. They can't just sit and can't, they can't sit and watch something without, if they get bored mentally, they have to be on their, on their devices. So that's the only time. And I, I just get upset with her about that. And then she'll stop. The 14 year old <laughs> who binge watches and texts friends and Snapchats all day long. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I haven't been very good about stopping her. She's off from school this week. I'm giving her this week because when she goes back to school, she's online. It's the same thing that happens to her, that when she's done with the um, online school stuff, she's putting it down too and taking breaks. I haven't been great about it. I do want it off. But when I tell my 14-year-old, you need to turn that off by this time tonight, she does. That's so, good. Yes. Considered installing that if I need to. And if we ever get back there to school, when and if we ever get back there sure. this year, if not next year, I may consider that because with the teenager, it's harder. But, I'm going to doubt because after overall, I think they would be, I think she would be grateful. She would be grateful. I'm so glad you said that because she would be grateful because then she could just tell her friends, not that she needs to tell her friends this, but I'm saying she has the backup of, I don't have a choice. I can't text you back Yeah, because my mother's a psycho and there you go. So, all right, Clarice, you're up. So what have you done well and what have you done badly? Um, so part of the problem is having the almost three-year-old. <laughs> I and, forgot about her. Um, yeah, and my body clock being natural really early. Any- because you're an elderly mother of a toddler. <laughs> elderly is a stress. But I'm in bed by nine. Like, not because I want to be. I'd rather be up hanging out doing something more useful. I'm beat. Like, I'm just, I'm done. So right. kids are up for another couple hours front of to their own devices, right? So... You know, the 14-year-old is more of a binge watcher than the other night. I, I hear noises coming out of the 17-year-old's room, and I hear three voices, and I know there's no Never a good sign. I'm like, there's no one in my house. I'm like, what is going on? So she's got a FaceTime or whatever or Zoom with like seven of her friends. So I just had to remind her that, you know, she needs to sleep at normal hours. She's getting up at... She has right. to be up and functioning at nine. So it's like she has to stick on not being up till 2 a.m. all the time. What did you say, Phoebe? I I wonder what you think. Because I, you know, with all of these TikTok and Snapchat, <laughs> when she, I I'm kind of want her to go on Zoom and see their faces because that's socialization to me that she's not doing. TikTok is the devil's teat. I mean, I don't know how to say it, but TikTok is the worst. I'm sort of addicted right now. And- in ter- okay, so shame on you. <laughs> it's me. What's the matter with you? I'm watching adults my age really embarrass themselves, and I'm, I'm seeing dogs get thrown in the air, and it's just a lot of fun. Dude, do that on YouTube. 
like the best category of videos to watch on YouTube is people falling. All right, I'm going to send you a couple and we'll see how you feel. I'm not, I don't even open it. I won't yes, you will. Take, I won't. I swear to God, I won't. And by the way, there was a requirement. If you work for the State Department or any official government agencies, you are not allowed to have TikTok installed. Oh, that's on- awesome. How is it that you can raise two, or in your case, 38 children in the same environment with similar DNA? Because there's, you know, some steps and whatever. And they're so incredibly different. Like, and this is what I try to tell parents too, is that when you're setting rules or you know, digital restrictions, you have to go kid by kid. Because the one kid you give five hours to on YouTube may really only watch cupcake decorating videos because he clearly has an issue with cupcakes. But then if you give the other one two minutes, that one's going headfirst into Pornhub. Phoebe, you just said, I don't know what's going to happen with a 14-year-old because I'm not there yet. So it's just fascinating and terrifying that we like we don't know. Well, we had the twins. I mean, because obviously, you know, second marriage, steps in the mix, whatever, the, the 12-year-olds. And we don't always have them all the time. And... The boy, Xavier, he is very tech addicted, very tech addicted. Like he gets off his computer, he's on his phone. So we're constantly monitoring like where he's hiding stuff around because he will put it down and he'll go into another room. And then my feeling is if you abandon it, you lose it. It's not my problem. But what I caught was he was sneakily leaving it in different spaces so that he wouldn't get caught on the devices. Right. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was much it was much smarter than I expected. Whereas his twin, you know, she's not doing it like she's just not. She's at at 12. She's just not there yet. Like, yes, she watches YouTube videos and the TikTok stuff. (laughs) I think that's just the greatest crap on the planet. Because I live with my parents, my mother kind of had this no digital rule for the longest time and had a basket by the front door. And the kids literally had to deposit their phones going into fifth grade like they could not walk around with their phones and even now when i have girl scout meetings i have to consciously get these kids to like put their phones down so that they look at each other i i think that that this isolation thing has also magnified the need to have social connection right they need human connection right and so this has magnified that need to say i need to see your face i need to talk to you i need to you know god forbid hug you but if you're if you're doing a Zoom with a bunch of kids and they're not even listening to you during the Zoom and looking down at their phone, yeah. then that's like double, triple backflip isolation. You know, like oh, it feels sure. even worse in some way. This is the only chance we get to connect and you're still not looking. I don't know. You said before I was a stay at home mom for the most part with both the kids. I breastfed them both for a year. I there's not too much difference that I did with the two of them, they are incredibly different from the surface down to the gut, totally different. And and they love each other for it because they, I guess the difference is they need each other's differences. So it's like two against one now that they're older. You know, what I see is twofold because first of all, there's a four year difference. And so she gets to be sort of, molded brought up by two people so the the pressure's on that i did a good enough job with the first one because she's going to help mold the second one well we all screw up the first one hopefully do better with the second one. there you go and then the (laughs) second thing is 
because of the difference in the timing of when all these apps and the thing came out. Yes. My older one can handle a phone conversation pretty freaking well. Yes. And the younger one, it's like a strange code when it comes. Yeah. Is your friend coming over? Well, I Snapchatted her, hey. And the answer is that, <laughs> so I can ask the question. And I'm like, we're leaving in 10 minutes. Can you please call her? No, I have to wait till she says, hey, back. And then what happens? Well, then after she says, hey, back, then I can say, what are you doing today? Or what are you up to? I said, can you just call her and just ask the <laughs> question? And she's like, no, you can't do that. You don't understand. You can't do that. It's like, so there's not just me and the, the older one bringing her up. Notice I've never mentioned my husband here, but it's, <laughs> I just noticed, <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but it's also technology that's bringing this kid. I mean, it's a really, it's like, it's a hard one for the 14 year old. It's a losing situation. In your position, you're waiting to find out if this kid is coming with you guys and you're just going, yeah, we're leaving. We're getting in the car instead of this long, protracted nonsense. I will scream it at her and she'll just say, you just don't get it. You just don't get it. And you're right. Didn't get it. And we fought for about that for two days with her saying, get over it. It's over. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just call? What is wrong with you guys? It's so stressful, man. I don't really think our kids are better off. Oh, that's how they communicate all the time. Not just because there's a pandemic. Like they they have self-isolated into these pods where they will sit in a room like a cyber witch's (laughs) coven and like sit there on their phone. (laughs) I mean, it's like, it is the weirdest thing in the world that I'll have 12 kids in my house they're like huddled in corners on the sofas like looking at their phones instead of talking to the person any advice maybe any advice you want to give to parents who feel super overwhelmed everyone needs to be kind to themselves like yes this whole thing sucks so it's like everyone's stressed out for very different reasons so a lot of people do eat a lot of people turn to exercise so far the wine and tequila are much more appealing in the evening so i don't know I haven't been doing the drinking and I'm just going to say this. If you never ever took a shot at a puzzle yet, there's a reason for it. I can show you the picture of the one I have over there on the table. And I try every day for about an hour. I sit in front and I look at it and I just not for me. So there's certain things we're learning about each other or about ourselves, right? All right, we need to we need to rewind that like 30 seconds. Are you talking about a puzzle like a jigsaw puzzle? Yes. And so you were trying to work on the puzzle together as a couple? No, no, no. Everyone left me to myself and and everybody gave up and so I'm trying and it's impo- Have you done that? Everybody yes. in the neighborhood is, is playing. I love jigsaw puzzles and actually my husband and I had a couple and the kids give up. You guys do keep doing. So how long yeah. does it take you to get through a puzzle? Just curious. As long as it takes. But do you sit in front of it once, you know, hours, but does anything ever happen? Does it sometimes nothing happens? No, something always happens. (laughs) So, okay. So I I guess the question I'm trying to get at, so you're staring at these pieces and you really can't find the connection with any of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't like doing it. 
I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you guys a picture of it. Wait, Phoebe, 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 you sweet girl. I love your face. Are you saying, love of my soul, that you sit in front of the puzzle for hours and don't put together my piece? Well, maybe of one or two, but I'm just wondering what's normal. I just want to know what the norm is. Damn it. Baby, just that's not the norm. Normal. That's not the norm, honey. That's, that's not the norm. Baby, puzzles are not you. Let oh, it go. So, crossword puzzles? Sudoku, can can no, you know? No, we did we did travel the other day. I just need a feeler. I need a feeler. So, how long does it take you to complete a thousand piece puzzle? A thousand piece puzzle, like a couple days. <gasps> really, a couple of days. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna just say it's not me. It's the puzzle. I'm going to send you a picture. Oh, is that is that where we're headed? Yes, because I will send you a picture of what I'm talking about. And I am telling maybe we're missing a piece or two or. Yeah, but you haven't put together any. It sounds like. Well, um, well. (laughs) All right, you guys, any last words? Anybody want to say any last thing? Try not to kill your children. Excellent. Phoebe, don't buy puzzles. You know what? I'm going to for the summer coming. I'm definitely going to uh, try to get my ability to drink a little bit more going each night like my half a glass of wine that gets me you know crock maybe i'll work on that a little bit you're going to increase your drinking tolerance yes maybe that's a wonderful goal yeah get ready for summer <laughs> i want to drink more okay excellent mm. um may, maybe that'll help it with the jigsaw puzzles i'm, I'm gonna try that that's a, you know it might give you clarity Tequila, it gives you a different perspective. Hey, there you go. There you go. That's not in the ad. All right, you guys. I love you both. Love you too. Love you. Bye. Well, there you have it. I hope that you've learned some stuff. I hope that you realize that you shouldn't buy jigsaw puzzles. And if you do, you should drink tequila while trying to put them together. Don't forget to look at the liner notes uh, for additional reading. And I always list sources and citations and any research used in the episode. If you're already a member of the Big Mama's House fan club, you'll have additional stuff waiting for you in the channel. Thanks for listening. And remember, parenting is hard. Be kind to yourself. This has been a Big Mama's House production hosted by Jesse Weinberger. The outro music was written and mastered by Caleb Weinberger.